Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to talk about FC Barcelona's last two matches against Real Sociedad and Shakhtar Donetsk. But before we get into today's topics, we have a special invitation for all you Barca fans out there. Are you craving more Barca content? Well, we got the perfect hub for you, our Patreon community. It's not just a community. It's a virtual pena where your passion for FC Barcelona finds company and conversation. For just $5 a month, here are some of the perks you get. Dive into commercial-free episodes of Barca Talk. Be part of our international WhatsApp group where Barca chatter never ends. Get insightful post-game match reports and obviously help support the podcast. Hit the link in the show notes and join our virtual pena. Let's get into today's episode right after this brief break. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So we just finished watching Champions League match with Shakhtar Donetsk. Craig McGuff joins me. Craig, first time we're recording mm. since we in person in Madrid for the first time. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Really good. Uh, still having flashbacks to that incredible mountain of meat, which was good. <laughs> which isn't a euphemism. It was. Uh, it was a really nice restaurant that we went to. And uh, yeah, life is life is good. To quote a famous uh, a famous TV program, winter is coming here in the UK. But apart from that, life is very good. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Just uh, just getting ready for winter. Um, I don't know if I told you, but I'm headed to Japan for Christmas. Mm, uh, so I'm, I'm starting to plan that and, you know, just trying to get that all organized. So I'm really, really excited about that. And yeah, I, I just can't believe that Christmas is upon us. Like, you know, I was looking at the calendar because I have to plan for work and so forth. And it's like, 
it's so close already and it's crazy it's crazy but in a yeah. good way well we just watched this kind of debacle and you know i think today's session is going to be more of just kind of letting it all out right and yeah. you know i put this question into the patreon community in our whatsapp and i said what does fc barcelona do well right now and to quote a famous movie three amigos where mm -hmm. they are trying to have the stand against El Huapo. And they asked the Pueblo, what do you guys do very well? And they said, we sew. <laughs> and so they <laughs> sew and make all these costumes of the three amigos and they counter El Huapo's army. What does FC Barcelona do well right now, Craig? What would you say we do well? Because, you know, one mm -hmm. of the things we've had these conversations throughout, you know, the last six months about trying to find positives and all these things. And I'm really trying to have a hard time about what we actually really do well. So I put this question to you right off the bat. What would you say we do something well with this team? I think we dominate the ball as good as any team in Europe. I think we have midfield supremacy in pretty much every game that we play. And I think, and I think that's by design. I think that's entirely, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that we will spend lots of time discussing tactics in Xavi and this and the other. But I think I think fundamentally we, 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 we dominate the midfield of almost every game we play and we have we have dominance of the ball in pretty much every game that, that we play. And so I would say that's what we do well. Um, I would also argue that that is one of our major flaws. But I, I would say that that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. How, how about you? No, I would I would agree. And, you know, in professional football, it's so hard to have possession numbers the way we have the, mm -hmm. you know, and consistently, you know, where we're 60, 40 for the most part. And especially at this level, you know, uh, to hold the ball and to actually, you know, mind the passes that you want to have and keep the ball away from the other team. Yeah, it's such a hard thing to do. I mean, if it was easy, more teams would be able to do it, but we know it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a hard aspect. So I would agree with you that. Yeah. What else? I mean, is there anything else you would say? Put your hat on. I mean, I just want to yeah. break it down to kind of just really basic things, right? Like, would you say we're a fast team? I think we have fast players. We have fast players who play in a controlled system. And so I think we're almost oxymoronic in the sense that we have very, very, very fast wings. Don't know how many varies that was. Probably more than I needed to. <laughs> we, we we have very fast wide players. We have very fast defenders by and large, which allows us to recover well and it allows us to to build play well. But I think what we what we then almost funnel into is this is very controlled, very organised, almost box like midfield, which means that we don't exploit it in the right in the right places. So what I say statistically, are we a fast team? Yes. Do we have some incredibly fast players? Yes. Do we play a fast style of football? Not really. That'll be my take on it. It's, you, you've got to separate the players from the system, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because I was flipping back and forth between the Dortmund game that was play, being played at the same time. And to me, the pace of the match of both, you know, between Barcelona and Shakhtar and Dortmund was light and day for me. And mm -hmm. I don't know if this is something where they are just being told not to play out of control or, you know, in a fast sort of way. What do you think? I mean, is it, I mean, I know like I'm just trying to pick at this because the thing is I'm having a really hard time watching these matches because we do have the possession. Like you say, we do that very well, but we don't have an end goal to it. It seems we don't have the passion 
or the imagination that we're looking to try to go for goal. And, and to me, you know, as an attacking player that I was, I love to see that. That's one of the things, I mean, we have talented players, but I'm just mm-hmm. trying to just, you know, especially after tonight's match where I'm just left dumbfounded, where I, I don't have any answers. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm just trying to, you know, kind of go through the 12 steps here, you know? <laughs> well, I think that, that there's a lot to unpack there, right? And I, and I feel like this could be, this could be an incredibly antagonistic episode potentially because i think we're hitting a bit of a a point of terminal velocity here as a fan base in terms of where we are and what we're what we're seeing and and whatever and like absolute cards on the table caveats like i am just a fan that likes to talk shit with you about barca right so before i start giving any of my opinions they're just my opinions they're they're no no more valid than anyone else's i don't profess to be a football expert a barca expert or whatever so before I give my opinion, I don't want people to think I'm coming on here trying to tell people how they should think, right? <clears throat> because I have the feeling that right now I'm probably in the anomaly. I'm, the, I, I'm sorry, I probably am the anomaly. I'm probably in the minority. And I think the the tone of what you said there, and I'm not. It's not a personal attack. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I don't know what's going wrong here. I think we've lost a lot of perspective of, of where we are as a fan base. And I was thinking this today watching some of the comments on our incredible WhatsApp group, and it would be boring if the debate stopped, right? So I don't want to piss on anyone's parade here. But I think as a fan base, we've decided we're in absolute disaster stakes because we've had a few games that were quite dull. Like, it it needs a bit of perspective, in my opinion. These games, game four, game five of Champions League are always crap. Like, they're always, there's always upsets. It's a horrible time of the season. You're playing three games a week forever. There's always big shocks. Madrid take one every year around this time. If So if that had come off the back of a decent performance in Liga, which it didn't, granted, we'd be like, oh, well, it is what it is, you move on. And I think if we look at where we are, we're defending champions that are still right up there at the top of the league. We're going to get through this group in the Champions League, which for years we've been decrying. We're bleeding young players, which for years we were demanding. The club is a mess, and I, and I feel like I'm repeating myself time and time again, and people might be fed up of hearing it, but I think we, we've we forgotten the fact that the club was very, 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 very close to genuinely having some serious problems about whether it would continue as an entity. And so I think it's a step back tells us that we have a manager who is very much learning on the job. We can debate whether that was the right or wrong call. Okay, but there was a lot of fanfare for Xavi to come in. We've got players who are literal children, as well as lots of teenagers and some veterans that are at various stages of their career. We've had injuries left, right and centre. And we're still competing on every front that we could com- that we could be reasonably expected to. Life is not bad. Life is not bad. Could the football be more entertaining? Absolutely. But you're seeing things like Chavi out on Twitter. It's like Chavi's just signed a new X long contract. Chavi's going nowhere. Um, you're seeing things like I can't believe what this Barca I'm watching. It's like you should have been here in the past, and I hate to be one of those people. It's like well, you should have should have been there before I was there. Like, but let's just take a bit of perspective here. Like, could the football be more fun? I. But you know what? In the days of Kuman sitting fifteenth in the table or whatever we were, we'd have loved to be in this position here. So, just I just feel like we're losing some perspective here. Like. The club on every other front other than Femini is a shambles. Life could and should be so much worse. And if you look at Chelsea and if you look at Everton 
And if you look at Man United, especially if you look at Juventus, trust me, things could be a lot worse. And so that's not me again. I'm going on a bit of a monologue here. That's not me telling people that they should all of a sudden see tonight's game as something that was fun. It was awful. It was boring. But we also need to just accept where we are as a club or else it's just going to be, it's going to kill you for the next two years while we sort this out three years. It's going to absolutely ruin you to expect more than you're going to get, in my opinion. It's 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 a folly. It's going to break you if you think this is going to get better overnight and a new manager doesn't fix it because we've got shock. We've got no money to fix it. That's why Sergio Roberto's had the minutes he's had. That's why we're signing anyone that we can get on loan. That's why we're playing actual children. This isn't going to get better overnight by either bringing in a new manager or dropping someone 10 yards deeper, putting someone else 10 yards further up. Like, that's not where we are. We're not there. So I, I understand what you're saying with the perspective, and I, I agree with that. But what I'm looking at is, would you say our roster, let's say on La Liga standards, would you say it's uh, 10%, top 10% of La Liga for the roster talent and depth? Oh, don't make me do maths. What's that, top two? Yeah, like top five. Let's say top five for La Liga. Would you say top, it's a top, top five? Top five top, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. 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 What about for champions? Would you say that's a top 10, top 15? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah would you? All right. Top, so, top 15, yeah. So I, I take what you're saying, you know, with this idea of like, you know, having the perspective, obviously, with Kuman, we're in the competitions. I get all that. But the thing is, I, I look at this as, you know, as you as you pointed out, Xavi's learning on the job, but at the same time, at what point does he realize that what he's trying to instill isn't working, quote unquote, in a way that yes, we are still in the competitions, but you know, for tonight, like we mentioned at the top of the of the episode, what we do well is the possession, right? So we had sixty eight percent possession in this match tonight, but what we are lacking is teeth in the attack to even try to score goals. We had one shot on goal tonight, which mm-hmm. is to me is such a defining stat of like how we are doing performance wise. And we're going to have the Lewandowski talk in a second with this, mm-hmm. but you know, when I look at, you know, as I always say, what are you going to do with chicken salad? Right? Like that's how, like, this is what I look at with the, with the coaching thing. Chavi's going to be the coach for the next two years. We can't afford to get in a coach, but at the same time, at what point does Chavi try different things, you know? And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say like drowning. We, we tried different formations, different players, all this stuff. And still, like, I just don't see, like, for example, the faith in Romeo. I know we're, we're mm-hmm. injured right now, but the thing, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see Romeo as a player that is going to be in the elite competitions for us. I think as him as a, as a player that needs to be subbed in on, you know, on a back-to-back yeah. kind of thing. And I just, the confidence that we continue to see Xavi using him because of the, of where he is as a player, the veteranship of that, I just, I, I would rather see for me get more playing time and take those chances. What I'm just, I'm not to say, right? But just looking at mm-hmm. the stats right now, right? Thirteen shots total, one on goal, and I would probably say that one on goal was very lackluster. On top of it, like it wasn't anything great, right? And so mm-hmm. when I talk about this idea of like, yes, we are still competing for all three competitions, you know, compared to last year where Champions League we were on the verge of of being. Uh, eliminated out of the group stage. And right now we're still leading the group stage. So that's good positive. But again, it's just the way it's not just one match and it's not Sociedad over the weekend. It's a long-term effect of these last 10 matches since the two back-to-back matches of five, nothing where it's just a trend of games where 
they have not been able to find footing. And, you know, I understand that Chavi, when he's being interviewed, is doing coach speak and just trying to say, yeah, we're, we're not happy with this performance stuff. But what I don't see is any type of adjustments. And again, you know, I just, I, I mean, it's just frustrating me because I still want to see poetic attacking football and we have the players to do that. I mean, if I but told this... you, go on. But but the, 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 but this is this is this is endemic of where we are, right? Which is you're saying that there's focus on Oriol Romeo, and rightly so. Oriol Romeo was the was a cheap, theoretical, quick plaster over Sergio Busquets, who couldn't run anymore. And in terms of mobility, I think that's correct. I think I still think Oriol Romeo is a more mobile version of Sergio Busquets. Of course, Busquets. of course. Is, is, is he the player in the Italian ideal world? No, he's not. Right? I understand. I Injury, understand. Injuries have given him far more time than he should have. Sure. But he's a great he's a great microcosm of exactly the situation that we find ourselves in. We lost an absolute stalwart of our team who, granted, probably stayed on a year too much, maybe two, right? A legend. If, if you're building statues willy-nilly, you put one of Busquets somewhere. But we went, Who? what is the cheap available option that we have? And this is where we are. And so I think this is, we need to understand the cards that Chavi's playing with. And I think we can't let someone like a Lemina Mal's uh, potential distract us from the fact that we're still playing a 16-year-old because we don't no, have no, a better no, option. We, we, we took whichever loans um, Mendes could give us. And so I think if I'm looking at it from the perspective of it's not working... I would argue by what metric, right? Because again, I'm just going to try and provide balance. I know your opinion. You spoke about it when, when I met up. I knew what you were going to say. And I'm purely <laughs> here trying to, I want to, I want to try and make this a 50-50 podcast, not a not a just a battering, right? Because what no one wants to listen to that beyond five minutes of us all going, yeah, this is shit. So I knew what you're going to say. So let me just provide the balance or the the devil's advocate or whatever to what you're saying. The metric that you're saying it's not working, which is fundamentally fair, is it's boring, right? It's no, boring. I mean, and also goals, goals. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's okay. I mean, okay, yeah. so yeah, yeah. In, in my eyes, they feed into one of the same thing. But I know what you're saying. If I'm Chavi, though, however, and I'm looking at the cards that I've been dealt. Now, granted, we've got some great players in there that he's inherited, uh, by and large. But I would say, okay, looking at the situation that we find ourselves in, I'm sitting third in La Liga. I'm what, four points off a ridiculously overperforming Girona, and I'm two points behind a good Real Madrid side. So I've, I've played 12 games, I've lost one, I've drawn a couple. In the Champions League, I've played five games, I've won four, I've, draw, I've, I've, I've lost one. By what metric is that not working? All things considered. So the metric that I would say isn't working, because anyone with eyes can see that it's boring, is that it's boring. But if we look at where the club is and needs to be, I genuinely think that if the club were being brutally honest with us all, they would say that entertainment has to be second to perform to, to, to results. Sorry, performance is secondary to results. And Chavi will say the right things and he'll try and drill the right things. But fundamentally, I think if you're Chavi, you have a right to say it is working because we won a league last year. We're doing well this year. We're going to keep bringing the money in. We're still competitive. I'm working on an absolute shoestring budget. We must have, in terms of the the expectation to money, we must have the lowest budget in world football. When you look at the relative expectation versus the relative money that we have to spend. So I would argue that from the team perspective, it is working. But from the fans perspective, I'd, I would completely agree. It is absolutely dull as dishwater a lot of the time. So I just think, again, we need to, we need to see... 
we almost need to see the reality of where we are, which is that we we might need to be a club that wins ugly until we fix our finances out, until we get into the new stadium, until we get a new sponsorship deal. We might have to be in this position for a couple of years. All right, so let me ask you this. What does winning ugly mean mm. for you? Winning ugly to me is the last thing I want to be doing, to be brutally honest. Let me make that clear. Yeah, no, I, 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 said I, that. I, I know. But to me, like, I'd, rather, I'd rather it was a fun sport, but as a club, we need to be guaranteeing automatic qualification to the Champions League. We need to be getting at least to the quarterfinals, I would argue, irrespective of how we get there. If we can win trophies, great. And then if we can be basically successful enough with enough high-named players that we can go and whore ourselves around the different global markets across the summer and winter breaks and go and make loads of money. So it's about competing to get into the money games, to be brutally honest. If we win, we win, great. But to me, it's our, our races right now are for checks not for it's for prize money not for trophies if we're being really honest yeah so for winning ugly for you though would be more than one shot a game i mean one shot game is disastrous right it's, it's as, 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 a, as, as a fan but if we but if, but if you're but if you're joan laporta away from the press if you win every game one one nil this year with one shot on goal, you probably take that. Yeah, because you course, win the league, you get Champions League. Blah, blah, blah. So, from 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 a fan perspective, I want to see us play football that gets me on the edge of my seat, that makes me want to tune in, that that means I'm not answering work emails while the game's on. <laughs> That's not where we are in the last two games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm on the same boat. I don't mind winning ugly, but win ugly. Mm. Throw the ball in there. Give me some chances. Give me something mm. to hold on to. You know, as you know how mm-hmm. my feeling about this, especially yeah. in the last 20 minutes of matches, but we don't have that. We continue to have this possession where we don't have we trying to find the ultimate most perfect goal. And to me, like you said, mm. well, come on. I would tell you that tonight. Do you not know, would you not say I would argue that for the last 15 minutes tonight, all we did was put terrible crosses into the box, really, really bad crosses, awful crosses. The only reason we didn't have more shots on goal because the crosses were that bad that no one got on the end of them. So again, like this is this is the thing is that I know. I so let me give you some stats really quick. Let me just give you some stats. So yeah. for the Champions League so far, we've scored seven goals. You take away that five against the again who was it against antwerp or whatever that's two Mm -hmm. right and then Mm -hmm. in la liga same thing we've had 23 goals you take away the five it's 18 in 12 matches played so again i don't mind winning ugly but like let's like you said i understand the crosses are horrible but those are the things that i am like driving my my like with our professionals they should be practicing all different types of situations since we're not good enough to just triangle pass all the way to the box and have shots like we did when Xavi was a player you know like to me what are they practicing because when I look on the field when I look in the in the match it just doesn't doesn't equate for me you know let me uh, let me just give you a quick example just let me give you a quick example so for example like when you are you know at the highest level of professional sports right when you are mm-hmm. when you're doing this you know, it's about the adjustments, set plays, and understanding with your players through practice, right? I mean, those are the differences that you're going to have. When you already know when your player is going to go left before the defense knows, like those are the type of things that you have. And when I'm talking about when I look at these matches, it's the individual moments like when we see Yamal, uh, when we see Lamine Yamal, and when we see Fermin, and they have like little individual moments, that's great. Great. But when I don't see the link-up play between Jao Felix and Lewandowski, and Rafinha, and Lewandowski. And this is the type of thing, like, what are they working on? If we're going to win ugly, I'm I'm in. Because I understand Even this thing, though, but like, let's, let's practice crossing. 
Like, is it that even hard? that though? Right? Even that though? Is right? That how much? How much? Potentially, yeah. Because how much time do you think? Listen, let me finish. How much time do you think the team are spending with a ball at their feet each week in training? How many hours? Considering that we we play at least once on a weekend, we play sure. once during the week. Let's Normally, we hours, have a day off. Hours. You then you've you've probably I reckon you've probably got two hours a day, four days a week. I reckon you've got eight hours of training. Sure. In that time, you need to work on shape. You need to work on passing. You need to work on passes of play. You're going to do individual shooting drills, individual blah 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 blah. blah. So in terms of Oh, well, just practice crossing. Sure, sure, sure. It's not as easy as that, though, is it? Because if, if we then just start hiring loads of crosses into the box, and all of a sudden we're going to say, ah, oh, do you know what? The build-up play from the back suffered. Like, so you've constantly got you've constantly got to manage the fact that you you also only have a finite number of hours on, on the training pitch. So just I'm, throwing I'm... cross into a box for a, for a team who has an average height of about five foot nine, do you want to waste 20% of your, of your time doing that? I, I don't think so. Yeah, but if the other things aren't working, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the thing. Like as a coach, as a coach, you, like you said, you have a finite amount of time. It's how you manage that time. And okay, maybe we're going to spend less time on this type of passing to work thing because we need to work on crossing. And crossing doesn't always have to be high. It can be just look up. Like that's the idea for me that pisses me off so much is they never look up before they're about to cross to see what is in the box. What type of cross is needed in the box? They're professionals. Greg, you can't tell me that like – these kids, these guys can't go for 20 minutes, do about 20 crosses a week, and they're not going to improve? I mean, come well, on. Well, yeah, but look at it, though, right? Someone made someone made a comment. I read a comment, right? It was either – I don't want to say it was on Twitter and if it was someone in the WhatsApp group. Anyway, and it was on, it was on, a, it was on a video of Barca players taking free kicks, right? And someone said, how come whenever you watch these videos, they're smashing it top bins every time? yet we haven't scored a free kick in forever. Pressure is a funny thing. And that's exactly where we'd be with crossing. Do you think that any of these professional footballers, on listen, let me finish, any of these professional footballers on a training pitch with no pressure, drilling this, don't start hitting good crosses? Of course they do, but there's no pressure. It's a false friend. It's not so David what Beckham do you do? who's what, practicing a technique. I understand. So then what does Chavi need to do to pretend to make that pressure? Like that's the thing. You have to simulate aspects of the match that are game like you can't just have free crosses like yeah, I course, would do which, is pas- which is passage passages of play a, a cross into the box i don't believe is a passage of play because you're saying we'll put it along the ground one of the problems no, i mean it doesn't is, matter is it we're throwing with we're, we're, we're facing teams where they've got five six seven men in the box yeah but the, but the thing is also the different angles from the box the cross doesn't have to always go to the end line to cross back it could be from a different angle there's you're telling me like in the situation of the match right the crosses that we always do always go to the byline and they always cut back. That's an easy defend. But a harder cross to defend is to come from the top of the box when you're coming in over the top because now we have Lewandowski, which we're going to transition to in a second. But all I'm saying is if we're practicing the way we're practicing and it is netting one shot to two shots a game right now in the last five matches and our goal output is nothing, then we need to change the way we're training and assimilate and put this type of pressure. Right. It's like, for example, when you golf, when you go to the range, right, the way you practice in golf is not to hit 10 balls in a row with the same club. Like that is that's not how you play golf. The way you practice at the range is you take three clubs out and you pretend you're playing a par three or par four. You hit the first drive. Next shot. 
five wood or whatever. You lay it right. up and then play this way because that is right. the way your mentality is for the match. Now, when you, and let's what, say what's the first problem? What, what, sorry, sorry, I'm really sorry to cut you off, but what's the first problem that you hit with that? Is that the first time you say, well, I'm taking my seven iron and I'm going to hit a seven iron here and you're at the range, which means that your lies perfectly flat. You're probably under a canopy, yeah, so there's course, no wind. And then, and, he, with, with, and then you get you get into a golf course. You've got a sloping lie, balls above your feet. You don't know where you're going. The wind's in here. You don't know if it's out to you. All of a sudden, and it, so I know what you're saying, but there is a finite number of time. And and us us practicing situations that are fundamentally different to what we would look to do 99% of the time. I just don't. I, I think it's too simplistic. Yeah, but but I mean, you make it sound like these players can't adapt and do these type of things. That's what that's mind boggling to me because, you know, when you grow up playing, like one of the first things you learn is how to cross, and like this is just just perfecting the way you cross and look in the situation when it calls for it. I'm not saying that it's all the time, but that's the thing we lack is this idea of looking up, understanding what type of cross does it have to go high? Does it need to go waist high? Does it need to be hard? Does it need to be on the ground? Let's look for a player. Let's see what's going on. Rush the box in the last 10 minutes. I don't think this is so like mind boggling. They can't work on this in the practice. Now, going back to the golf thing, the idea is not about the flat or the, the, how the ball lies in the practice situation. The practice situation is about how you hit the drive is different than the way you hit a layup shot right after the set. So that's how you play the golf. Sure, the lie could be in the rough. It can be in different things. The practice simulation to how it is into the match is the way you play one club into the next club. Now, what I'm saying is with the football, I'm just saying – like 20 minutes at the end of practice is nothing. When you have someone chase the end line and they have to simulate for this type of thing, to me, I'm looking for all these different situations to get more output, to get more goals. My, I feel like Xavi is saying, like, we need to try harder. We need to be more intense. And that's not, that's not what I'm seeing. It's not because we're not more intense than the other team. That's why we're not scoring. All right. Anyway, let's let's go into Lewandowski because that is the mm. biggest talking point that I saw in not only on our WhatsApp group, but I belong to another one. I also saw it on Twitter. I just want to read you a quick scouting report on him in Bayern in 2020. Okay. So mm-hmm. profile recognition outperformed Messi and Ronaldo to win the best FIFA men's player in 2020, scored 47 goals in 44 games for club and country during the award year, recognized for consistent performance being a leading scorer for his team from 2011 to 2021. Tactical, not just a goal scorer, but also creative, selfless, and hardworking. Adaptable Mm -hmm. under different coaches from Klopp's uh, to Guardiola. Effective through both the quantity of chances created and quality of finishing. On-field movement and aerial prowess. Masterful at finding space, timing movements, and adjustment to shoot. Exceptional at scoring with his head and reacting to rebounds. And then the last thing, Roland Byron, surprising agility and dribbling skills for his build, along with effective pressing capabilities, involved in Byron's aggressive press, offensive transitions under flick, helps with build-up play and creates space. So that is the scouting report from 2020, which is a merely three years ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago because honestly, Craig, I, I mean at what point do we just keep putting him out there and nothing's happening? I understand it's not just him. It's a context of how he is in the system. Like I was doing some researches before how he lined up in Bayern. He was the point of reference where everyone came underneath, gave him service all the time. And this kind of goes to the same thing of what we were just talking about. How do we do something for him 
Or do we just like, at what point does Chavi bench him? Like, or, or what do we do? Because he's clearly not being effective enough on the field and we desperately well, need his goals. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What's the fundamental metric that you're going to measure us our number nine by? Goals. Okay. So I've got some stats in front of me. Okay. Let's assume they're correct. Let's trust everything we read on the internet, yep, right? but I've yep, got some yep. stats in front of me that says this season, his XG is 5.976. Okay. And he scored five goals. Okay. Last season, his XG was 25.9426, and he scored 23 goals. I would argue that's all right. That's certainly not let's put him out to pasture. I think he works hard. I think he's, his, his movement is as good as it could reasonably be, in my opinion, in the sense of where he is in his career. He chases balls down. He is often in minimal space. We could argue he could create more for himself potentially, but we're facing low block teams, as we know. My, my thing is this, and someone mentioned it in the WhatsApp group this evening, which was, I don't think he's a Barca-style striker. We can debate that. I can, I can see the point. I think Luis Suarez has almost tainted that position for whoever comes in after them, but I take the point. If you just look at what Lewandowski's done in his career, which is put chances away primarily, to be there or thereabouts with his XG and his goals, I would argue that the most frightening statistic of all of that is that in 10 games, his XG is just under six. We aren't creating chances. Put any striker that's a number nine in that position, that whose job is to score goals, Haaland, anyone, I would argue that you're getting a very similar return. The fundamental problem is, in my opinion, it's not with Lewandowski. It's the fact that we don't create good chances. We barely create chances at all, never mind good ones. And don't get me wrong, he's not infallible. I'm not saying that he's performing at levels that we've seen him perform before, but you're talking about we brought one of the best number nines in football into this club. And only a season after we bought him so far in a quarter of the season, we would give him an XG of six. The passing from out wide is atrocious. We barely break, we barely break through the line. So he's got someone to play off. If you're a center half, sorry, if you're a pair of center halves looking at how we approach the game with Lewandowski up front, you're going to be absolutely loving life. So I think could Lewandowski do more? I think all of the players that we have pretty much could do a bit more than they're doing. But I think the XG stats that's that's the terrifying part why do we not create chances and if you look at the goals that we've scored then a lot of them are moments of brilliance and don't get me wrong people are going to say well that's systemic that's where we are blah blah, blah. potentially right potentially but if we're just focusing on the Lewandowski question again kind of what I said with the Chavi thing if you're just basing it on stats and I'm his agent I'm saying problem doesn't lie with my doesn't lie with my player He's putting away circa eighty percent of the chances that you create for him. Create more chances. So this is this is the <laughs> this is the revolving door, <laughs> because mm -hmm. the thing is, sure, I understand those those stats, okay. And to me, you know, especially I think this was more uh, the eye test when I went to the Porto match to see him completely in the open, like the way he was playing before he got injured. And the thing is, you're right. I think Suarez definitely did taint because the way he was a perfect number nine for what we were looking for to link up with Messi and understand that to me, it's not, yes, goals is the first thing I look at, obviously, 
But the other thing too is just the, I just feel he's out of position. I don't understand why he is trying to set up play. To me, that's just not what he's supposed to do right now. And I think by like we talked about this before, you know, when I told you, when I see him set up for play, he's just not fast enough to get back into the fold, you know, as mm. he used to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, so yeah. again, this kind of goes back to this question of, you know, how do we? Okay, so if we we see he's an eighty percenter of conversion on these goals when he has the chance, then it goes back to the same type of question: is is we need to get more chances that you know, like in a game tonight where I felt Chavi was being very conservative with the starting lineup just to kind of, I think, kind of manage expectations of maybe trying to get a, a three points with the lineup that he was trying to get, you know, and again, sacrificing the momentum. We need to get healthy. We need to get goals. And and to me, I still, I'm just still troubled by the way I'm just seeing the attack. And it goes back to the whole thing that we've just been talking about. You know, I, I'm not saying that, you know, like, on one hand, I I want to see like just minor adjustments, like I told you with the crossing and so forth. You you hate that idea, but the other thing too is like I I want to see like you know if I give you a player, you know um you know let's just go to pro football, right? If I say to you, you know I have this this quarterback, he's excellent on the run and the run pass option. Let's say I'm not going to put him in the West mm-hmm. Coast offense and try to make a miracle, right? And it goes back mm-hmm. to this idea where you know in the WhatsApp group we were talking about this about the scouting of Lewandowski before he came. And maybe that is the fault of understanding his limitations of what he was at Bayern may not translate to what we need at Barcelona for what he needs to act. Yeah. On the job, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think, and I don't think Lewandowski is a football signing. I thought that at the time, which is, and this isn't me being hindsight because he went, he went yeah, to yeah, the last year. So, um, you know, I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the whole situation of the club. Lewandowski was signed to give some air of credibility to where we were sure, as a football sure, team, sure, in, my, in my opinion. Of big big name players still want to come and play here. Look, trust us. You know, it's it's wheeling out the it's wheeling out the B list musician on a on a political roadshow tour. You know, look at me, Cheryl Crow wants to play at my you know inauguration party. Like, it's it, it's that to me. And I would agree with the point that was the point was made, which is. He's not your stereotypical stereotypical Barca striker. I agree, but at that time when we signed him, Benzema and Lewandowski were the two best nines in football. I see why the club did it. So I think I think both things can be correct, which is that he probably doesn't fit the system that we probably need to be playing. But I also think it can be correct also that we can't we can't unnecessarily tar him with things that aren't necessarily his doing. If you compare it with Busquets, for example. I would argue that we saw a failing, fading Busquets where you could live the blame at Busquets' physicality, basically, because sure. the system never changed around Busquets. Busquets just got old, just got older. I would argue with Lewandowski, you're asking him to do things that you shouldn't be expecting to do and not give him the thing that he's got. So my, my concern is fundamentally, yes, I don't think we've got the number nine that we need. But if I take myself away from purely the Barca opinion, if I'm his agent, if I'm him, yeah, yeah, my concern would be, I'm going to be seen as a flop here through no fault of my own, really. And so I think the best case scenario here is that Vitor Roque comes in hopefully in January, if we can make that happen, if we don't go for the pivot and all the stuff that's mentioned. He's the nine that we need, hopefully, a bit more dynamic, a bit more mobile, forces other people to, to do a bit more. Lewandowski can can contribute as much as he can. And we we you know, we he goes to the MLS in the summer. So I'm not I'm not advocating that he's a long-term solution. I'm not saying he's somehow overperforming. All I'm saying is let's be careful not to not to draw unnecessary conclusions from the way he's playing. 
you know, we signed it. We signed a nine that would that was going to score goals and poach in the box, and all of a sudden we asked him to go and be a single a single figure that would somehow run the lines. And I just yeah. don't think you can do that. It, it's the no, entire no, reason no, that Barca signed Julian. That it's the entire reason that Man City signed Alvarez, even though they had Haaland, because they're just fundamentally different players. And I said to my friend maybe about three months ago, we talked about Man City, and I said if Bar if Barca were to sign a player from Man City up front, you take Alvarez rather than Haaland correct, every day of the correct, week. Correct, correct. Lewandowski is Haaland, you know. So I think I, I think it's a really grey area because I think you can look at it in a number of different ways and still arrive broadly to the same conclusion, which is it's probably not the match that either side needs. I just think the fault lies with Barca, not Lewandowski more. All right. Point taken, point taken. What about if we put, if we kind of mimicked what Bayern's formation up top was with Lewandowski's the point and three behind, would that be something that would interest you where you would maybe I don't, have like, I know. I, I don't trust, I don't trust the three. No. I don't. I don't think we've got. The, I don't think we've got the three players good enough behind it to make it necessarily that effective. I think potentially you might get more at Lewandowski, but I, well, what about I, like I don't, know, if, I don't know who you put in those in, in those well, positions. Let's let's say in that three would be uh, Jao Felix, Gundogan, and Rafinha. I think Jao Felix is awful. Um, I know, but it's like the best of the worst. I mean, <laughs> no, that well, no, but that, that's it. That's kind of what I'm saying, which is it, you know. You might get more out of Lewandowski, but you also might you also might not. So I mean, I'm, I'm not against it, but I don't think it's a guaranteed recipe for success. I think sure, sure. I'm not. Um, look, I'm not. Nothing's a guaranteed. Give recipe it a go. See, 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 I would see just, what happens. And also, just to put Gundogan in more attacking role, you know, because he's basically the only midfielder yeah, we have that's taking shots, you know. And so maybe the yeah. link up through through the line, you know, where Lewandowski now doesn't have to come back to create stuff because you have Gundogan re- receiving that, you know. You know, yeah. I'm just. Some, I'm always just put a thing to... in the. Someone put a thing in the WhatsApp group today, which I thought was really interesting. Which is why, why aren't we just swapping the positions that Gundogan and Gavi are playing? I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think, again, I think we're we're under we're misusing Gundogan, in my opinion, and 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 it just it's strange. I think we in in the in the drive for midfield supremacy, I think we're actually stifling some Gavi. of our best players. I think we need to, yeah. you, you know. We need to take a less is more approach in the midfield, and if people aren't happy with it, case or hard is what it is. Um, but I just think, if yeah, the the eleven, the strike, the striking situation is a strange one, and I think that this is the the absolute root and branch of all of our problems is the fact that we have an appalling, <laughs> an appalling lack of creativity in the front of the pitch, and that's where I think it gets fascinating. Rafinha is someone who will continue a split opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be the new Dembele, is what he is. He's going to be basically. Fine, know, that's where, harsh on Rafinha, yeah. but I take your point. You know, no, um, I'm just, I'm just saying where it's split, right? You know, no, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. I'm saying is like the thing with Rafinha that we get a lot of is like he needs more playing time, and then he gets hurt, or he doesn't. To me, mm. I'm still on the fence. I need more activity from him. So let's go down the list. I'm just gonna, we'll finish it off with this because, yeah, yeah. I think your your point is well taken with the Lewandowski stats. I again, this goes back to the Chavi. You know, coaching and this type of ideas is you have to try to, you know, what is our most important asset right now to score goals? Lewandowski. How, like, I want to see him move the world to try to get him comfortable and get more goal action because, as you pointed out, when he does get the opportunity, he's at 80%. And that is incredible. You know, you can, you would take that every day of the week, you know, but you got to give him those chances. It's all about stats, right? It's like, it's all yeah, about yeah, the three it. opportunities, four opportunities, five opportunities out there. All right. Let me go down the list. All right. Give me your confidence level, high, low, whatever. Okay. 
First player, Ferran. Low. Low? Is that what you said? Yeah, low. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's this. For example, when he starts, he doesn't give me anything. When he comes off the bench, you're like, oh yeah, he can do something. But to me, just the fundamentals of him shooting on net is just driving me crazy a lot of times. I, I don't know what he is. I struggle with. Yeah, that. yeah, like that's that, that's. Me, the... If if you just put him in front of me and said, "Where does he play?" I, I'd be like, "Oof, is he is he an eight? It's to me, he looks like a he looks like an attacking midfielder in the in the in the yeah. sense of attacking being an adjective rather than a noun. He's sure, a sure. he's an it looks to me he looks like a more of like an attacking midfielder. I don't know where you would play him. I don't know where I don't know where his position is. I I would almost try him in a four four two underneath, like something like that. You know, as a second striker. Where you might get some more direction, yeah, but again, we don't play. That's not the system, you know. So it's like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said, it's just kind of like in between. Where he, like he's not a good enough winger. He's I don't think he's strong enough or heady enough to be up the line, up the middle. And so there's, you know, he's kind of in between there, right? Yeah. All right, Joe Felix, confidence high or low? Negative. Whatever the <laughs> negative version of that is. He, he had what two and a half good games. Um, and do you remember? I was thinking about this. Day, do you remember you said to me? Is he the one? And I said, and you, you're just asking the question. I'm not saying that you've, you thought yeah, that. You yeah, said, yeah. Yeah, is, is this him? And I was like, well, let's just hold our horses for a bit. We didn't have to hold them for that long, did we? Uh, no, I think he's he's an enigma in all the worst ways. Okay. Rafinha. Medium. There's a player there. I just don't know. I just don't know how you get it out of him. I'm gonna I, 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 would, I, would, I would persist with Rafinha. Sorry, go. No, I was going to say low because... We're at a point now that we've seen more than 20 games with him. You know, if it was like last season where he's just coming in the fall, okay, fine. But now this is the second season. He understands the what is needed from him, and I still think it's lacking, you know, and I still, yeah. Uh, Lewandowski? Oh, it's so hard. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to just – I'm trying to just give you, like, a thing. I know, I know, I know. Ridiculous diatribe. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say high because his finishing ability is un, un, undoubted. Do I have confidence that we're gonna get it out of him? No, I don't. But it, as him as an individual, I think he still walks into a hell of a lot of very good teams. He's, he, he, sure. he can clearly, he can clearly, he can clearly finish when he's in the right setting. Uh, high. Okay, Fermin. I think it has to be low because we haven't seen enough of him, and that's not a negative on him. We just don't yeah, have the data. Yeah, yeah. We just, don't have the data. So I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to say low in the sense I wouldn't count on him, but he's he's going to be great. I just don't think he's there now. I think I think for the moments that have happened where he's come out blazing with the shots, it's something I like to see. I would say definitely medium. Again, it's but yeah, it's the lack of playing time, so we can't get so much. I think I think if you put him in, I think if you put him in, you're gambling, and I think the gamble sure, sure, probably pays off. But I yeah, think yeah. to anyone that says they wouldn't be gambling on that, I think I think would be being a little bit mischievous. But I think we're getting to a point where you start going, why not? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean that's the thing, right? With so much possession, we're not taking the chances outside the box to take those shots, and mm. that's where Fermin and Gundogan come in. And I mm -hmm. wish Gundogan would do it more because I think he has the opening to do that. That's going to open. But for me, as a player, like you said, you you definitely take that chance, right? You put him in the attack, so. but you lose a lot on the on the defensive tractability on that. Yeah. Anyone else you want a confidence high or low on? Laminia Mall? I think you've got to put him in the same bracket as, as Femi yeah. Lopez. I think I think we're in real danger of putting far too much pressure on these kids. I think we need to be prepared for the fact that they could both just completely go missing for a year and not be fine. 
because they're children. Certainly with Amin Yamal, he's a child. Yeah, is yeah. He, you know, is, is, is he able to drive yet? Can he drink yet? Like, uh, in you know, Spain it's, <laughs> so, you know, and I, so I think, I think it has to be excitement level high, expectation level low. I think that's where it has to be, which is probably a bit of a boring answer. But, you know, if, uh, in the grand scheme of things, if they, if they had to go back down to the B team for a season for their development, that would be that would be now seen as a bit of a disaster. Whereas in reality, we sh- it shouldn't be that way. So. Yeah, yeah, of course, because you know normally, uh, you know if the if the club was in good financial state, we'd be having professionals. You know, like that are over twenty three. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah. that's know. it. You know, they'd be off with Pablo Torre to their owner, or they'd be somewhere else. But so I, I would say I would say low, just because I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to bet my house on them because they're still very 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 young and inexperienced. All right, just got a couple more, Gavi. High, you build your team around him and Araujo, in my opinion. And that's the thing I would, you know, with my little experimentation of the three mid, you know, the three kind of wings, you have the depth. I would put Gabi behind that, maybe with Romeo if you wanted to, or you know, Sergio Roberto, Frank. I, 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 I think I was going to say, like, for me, I think if we if we still want to maintain midfield dominance but oblige ourselves to get forward, I think a pivot of Gavi and De Jong. Is what I would probably. I'm not a massive double. I'm not a massive double pivot fan, if I'm honest. But I think the mobility of both of them means that with the ball, that can very quickly not be a double pivot. Um, I I always think. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. My 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 concern is whether there is enough trust in Gavi not to basically spend two thirds of the season suspended if we put him in that far. So this was going to be my other point because of the pivot system, he doesn't have to cover as much field, right? You have the half of that, so maybe having the things in front of him. He's able to be more of a bulldog, but a smarter way because he's going to be mm-hmm. attacking to the ball as opposed to chasing the other way when you have such yeah. wide space in the four three three. Let's see, last player, Cancelo. Oh, I'm not going to answer your question. What I would say is, right now, I wouldn't buy him. You know, it's funny because he came out as gangbusters at the beginning, and I was really excited to see him because I think we had been yearning for so long for a right back, a decent right back, a professional right back. But I don't know if it's because he's played every match since he's came here, come here, mm. uh, and he's a bit maybe a little tired or something. But I don't know, man. I, I still – I mean, what do we do, though? You know, well, I, I mean, I mean that, that's, again, that's it's, gonna, it's, still, it's yeah. still early to be making those calls, right? But I think yeah. he's he's not going to be cheap. And I think, you know, same as Jao Felix, he had a couple of really, really, really good games. What I don't know is are we stifling him or is he stifling us? But either way, that's, that flank is stifled. So it, it's, it's, it's yeah. unpicking that. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Koundé's interview pre-game. Not no, yesterday, sorry. But, you know, he basically said, look, you know, I spoke to Xavi pre-season and told him that, you know, I, I'll play wherever he needs me to play. I feel I can contribute more at centre-half, but I'll play it right back if I'm asked to play it right back. My my take is that you speak to him in Araujo and you say, lads, sorry, but you know it is what it is. You're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to do your turn until we can find someone that can go and take over that. You know, completely. I've seen talk of sticking Baldet right back, sticking Cancel left. All of these different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think fullback is a million miles away from where our problems lie. Um, no, no, no. But I, you know. I think based based on performances, do I have a high level of confidence in him? No, I have to have more than a low level of confidence because he's clearly a good player so i would put him at a grudging medium um let me, let me ask you but this. i don't what think do you, right now i spend the money on him let's just finish with this what do you want to see more from him or less of of what he does 
to maybe get that confidence level higher for you? Like, what do you want to see? He's like, okay, he's listening to the episode. He's like, all right, Craig, I got you. I took some notes. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. what, what would you want to see from him? To me, his compass is off. Do you ever used to play the PlayStation? And I know you're, you're, you might still have one because you're on TikTok and you're down with the kids, but do you, when you used to play <laughs> PlayStation and the analog controller would get bashed and be slightly off. Sure, and sure, so you'd sure, try, sure. You'd, you'd try and run straight on Pro Evolution Soccer and you'd slightly go to the left. Yeah, You'd yeah. go to like 10 o'clock. It feels like from the first games that he was doing well, and maybe this all feeds back into the point about how direct and dynamic we are, but it feels like from the first games that he was doing well where he was quite direct, everything now goes in. It's like he's playing at a 45 degree angle. It's like a boxer that doesn't want to get hit. He's Floyd Mayweather, where when he first came in, he was like Roberto Duran, steaming into it. And so what I would want to see from him is, and it might be tiredness, it might be systemic, is go and do the things that you look good at, which is you were taking people on, you were causing havoc, you were causing overloads, and stop just being another midfielder. We've got enough of them. We don't need another centre midfielder. We need you to get round and create angles and, and, and create overlaps and create dominance. So I... I that, that's what I think. That's what jumps out to me is that he seems to have gone very safe. Mm. Just go and be, go and be creative. You know, you know, you're, you're clearly not singing for your supper. You're not, you know, you're not a lone player that won't get signed if you don't do well. You're clearly going to land somewhere decent on good money. So go and have some fun with it. What about you? I would, I think, I think the, the two biggest things for me are the overlap runs to just have, but again, I don't know. The thing is, you know, when you, <laughs> I saw this <laughs> amazing TikTok of uh, of this person. It's like, you know, when you play with the person who always overlaps and always is calling mm -hmm. for the ball, but they take forever to get there. I don't know if that is something systemic because I, you know, I noticed at the beginning, like he was able to entune that with Rafinha, whoever was there. But you know, when yeah. you kind of get tired throughout the season, you're like, I don't yeah, know if yeah, I, yeah. I'm just, I know I should run. But it's like, man, I, like mm -hmm. they're not going to pass me the ball. So I don't know if it's something could be something like that because like you're right when he first came onto the scene we we're like wow we haven't seen those type of runs in a long time so maybe mm -hmm. there's something to that but i would say yes the overlap because that's what ultimately makes you like another attacker as that wing defender right and, you know we've seen that with yeah. balde obviously balde needs a little bit more improvement as well we've seen him kind of slide you know at the beginning of the season we had balde at i think eight assists and i think he's still hovering at one or two right now so yeah you know this, he is this, still young. this is my yeah, sorry, you, know, you, you make a great point there. This is this is my, when you ask me about Fermin Lopez and Lamine Yamal, it's like, you see Balde is now taking some heat. Sure. And you're like, yeah. calm down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he he has, he should be allowed that space. And that and that's where I think we we have our biggest risk is, is, is that we've got these gems and that we just, it gets, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Which is hard yeah, to yeah. find because it's inherently an emotional thing that we've got with our club. But yeah, you know, you see people say, oh, is Balde a problem? And you're like, no, no, come on. Let's be realistic about where we are. So I think, um, yeah, I think tiredness is, is, is potentially a factor. And I guess it all goes back to the whole the training thing. If we're just managing players through the week, we're just managing them physically. We're just managing them mentally. Like, you know, who knows if Cancelo's lack of directness isn't the fact that maybe he doesn't have trust in people to cover him if De Jong isn't there, for example. You know, it's Correct. there's all these things that could that could play into it, but um injuries in, injuries are going to kill any form of real analysis yeah, because yeah. we're not going to see a full strength team for a little while. So hopefully that gets fixed. But um yeah, I mean I, I, one one last question if I'm conscious this sure, is sure, a long sure. episode, right? So I don't know how much I don't know how much you expect to record and we've probably gone over it. But that's fine. I'm intrigued on this, right? So there's, there was a poll in the WhatsApp group that said Chavi in or out. 
and I'd love to see people's opinions on it. They're probably there already, but my thing is this. One, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's a very hypothetical debate. Sure. People were saying, we need to move away from having someone from the academy. We tried that with Setien. People hated him. We tried it with Tata <laughs> Martino. He lasted a season. Correct. People will say, well, you need, you need a personality. Xavi's he's too young. You need a personality. We tried it with Kuman. People hated him. Oh, well, it's all about the football that you play. Okay, well, Xavi's trying that. People are getting frustrated. Well, don't worry about the football. Just go and win. Valverde's tried that. People hated him. So my thing is going to be, with all things considered, and this isn't me pitching for Xavi, by the way. I'm just, I'm genuinely intrigued. Know, this is one of the I reasons know. why I'm, this is one of the reasons why I'm so convinced that Xavi probably is the right man at the right time. With all things considered, which is, we've tried everything other than Pep, and even people hated Pep towards the end. We've tried the outsider. We've tried the insider. We've tried the experience. We've tried the man manager. We've tried the, the dicta dictator. Who, if Xavi walks tomorrow and goes, hard enough, sick of this. You don't appreciate me. I'm off. Who are you bringing in that's realistic, which means they're available or could be bought with the little money that we have, et cetera, et cetera. Who do you bring in? Tiago Mota. Wow, that's left field. He's coaching Bologna right now. And mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're doing well. They're making a player out of Lewis Ferguson. Correct. Interested. Correct. Correct. And you just happened to you just happened to time it perfectly because I saw a video on this recently this week, so that's why it was on my mind. Okay. No, but I didn't I didn't know what he was doing at Bologna. But when I saw this video pop up, I was like, oh man, okay, okay. I, I, love, I, I, I love the I love the answer because it's I can see it. I can see it. His compensation is probably realistic. He's big, you know. Correct. I can see it. It wouldn't be without its risks, but I see it. But no, but like I, let, let's I, go I, back to this really quick, just because. Mm. You know, I saw I saw Remy said out, and a lot of people said in, and so it's hypothetical, right? Because he's not going anywhere. Of course it is. Of course it is. But to, you know, again, I can I to me when I look at professional coaching, right? It's about how are you going to find those adjustments when things aren't working right, and it's not always going to work work right, right? I mean, look about mm -hmm. you know when we were winning those five nothing games, we were like, oh my god, we found it, you know, and then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. international break, and we couldn't find that rhythm again. So to yeah, me, yeah. it's like Chavi's in a situation now where he can, you know, he, he's in a situation where we're still, like you said, competing all those things, and he can make mm -hmm. adjustments to try to break these things because I think that's what we want to see in this type of new wave of football and coaching. I'm not like, like I said, I'm not asking for a five four one, you know, or something crazy out yeah, of the yeah, books yeah, like yeah. this, you know. But you know, again, it's it's what you do in these situations where we are static we are in neutral right now how do we shake that out is it a lineup are we overloading on the wings are we you know whatever these these things are and to me when i was watching this video on tiago moda you know he was you know the way he does his formation the way he is um interchanged to players and I, that to me was like okay that's something i like to see you know i always go back to you know as i said i've been very lucky in my sports career with the amazing coaches i've been able to see you know, yep. Bill Walsh with football, Steve Kerr with basketball now. And I always look mm -hmm. at the two things. It's like the player management, which I think Chavi yeah. has. I think the players get along with him really well. We've seen it in the mm -hmm. documentary. So I think he has that down packed. Born leader, captain, all that kind of stuff. And the other thing is, you know, he does have his style, but it's like how do we find those little diamonds in the rough? How do we find in these moments – because the season is long. I mean, the season is long. How do you find mm. the momentum again? That's always the hardest thing, right? And again, yeah. in his eyes, maybe he says, I got to wait two more weeks, three more weeks, because we're still in third place in La Liga. We're still in champions. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to mm -hmm. risk that. And I can, I get that. 
But at the same mm-hmm. time, our talent is good enough that it's not like we can't take that chance and all of a sudden you yeah, know, yeah. lose six games in a row. I, so and I and I get it. And I and I don't think we've ever been in a situation like this because we've either been underperforming with a manager yeah. we didn't like, or we've been we just didn't we, like them. <laughs> like, like, you know, fu- fundament- fundamentally, Tata Martino just did not work for the fan base. We are, and I say this with love and affection, we are one of the most fickle fan bases in of course, world football. Of course. So if, if the fans don't like you, you're going to hear about it. Madrid are the same. We always, we always so want I, what we can't have and we don't have. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, to you know? I, I would agree. I would agree. And I think, so we've never been in a situation where it's not the man. It's not really the success. For large parts, it hasn't been the football. I think most of us understand the situation that Chavi's working in, but there's just something that isn't working. We've never been in this position because there's nothing, in my opinion, that you can pinpoint, which is why I think it's so much of it's going back to Chavi, right? But what I think, in my opinion, would be perfect is because I'm I'm Chavi in clearly because I think the situation lends itself to the fact that it was sure. ridiculous that any, we do anything else. I don't think anyone proven comes in with the situation that we're in, and I think taking a risk on another young manager is well, you may as well stick with the one you've got. Better the devil, you know. So what I think would be ideal though, and I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, is I think the first part can, which I think we need to do everything we can to get Victor Rocket in, if nothing else, just for a kick up the arse for some of those sure. strikers that are in. Pressure. But I. A pressure, a competition, fresh face, bit of momentum, bit of pace, something to prove, blah, 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 blah. You might see him bring more out of Rafinha. The other thing that, and I don't see who it can be, and I don't see how we do it, but I think there's a glaring hole in that director of football role. I'm not saying Deco's wrong for the role in terms of if that is about setting signings. Sure. But I think there's almost that kind of Alex Ferguson at Man United role missing. That I know Cruyff was seen as a distraction doing it when he was alive. But someone that Xavi can go to in some position of seniority where it's not seen as a threat to him being the manager of the team. You know, someone who doesn't want the job. If Pep yeah. goes, do you know what? I'm done with football. He's the perfect man. But while he's managing, it's obviously impossible. If Kuman wasn't a complete arse, maybe someone like him could have been in another world. Van Hal the same. But do you know what I mean? I don't know who yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Like a, a mentor, someone, a mentor, essentially. Exactly, but a mentor that's established yeah, physically yeah, yeah. within the club. Someone that plays that ambassadorial role, that's proven, that's been there, that's won, that has Javi's respect, but isn't a threat to him ever getting the job. You know, it's not like, well, oh, we'll, we'll replace him with that person. You know, if Pep came in, the, the talk would never end. Oh, would you give Pep the job? That I think that's where that, I think that's where Chavi is. Chavi had one he had one job before he came in, and there was a clamour for him for all the reasons that I think still stack up, but for none of the things about winning in difficult circumstances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think instead of looking about changing the manager, in my eyes, I'd look to see who we can get to to help him out. But I just don't see who that is. So I think it's a I think we're in for a fascinating several months because I don't think anything changes. Yeah, and so I think we're going to be a fractured fan base from the next six months minimum i mean i i was just seeing, reading some whatsapps while you were speaking that were popping up on my screen here and i i hear uh someone from our, our whatsapp group saying can we call ted lasso that was the first one i saw that was pretty good and then another you know and then the other one whatsapp group i have i have a bunch of people that are just like i can't watch football right now da, 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 da. <laughs> and again it's just fracturing the fan base and like you said yeah, as we said in the top of the thing Third in La Liga, still right in it. We're still the head of champions right now. Like we're 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 okay. It's just we always want better. And you know, when you were talking about the mentor, I was racking my brain. I was like trying to think. I was like, who isn't anyone? We ran out of town <laughs> as a star. And it's really it. hard. I, the first one that came to my mind, and I don't I don't know if he has the 
the clout really is Stoichkov. And that's as far as I thought right now, Stoichkov, because he was someone that won a Ballon d'Or. But yeah, see, that's the thing. Uh, there would be he's not, I, he's not a manager, I though, is he? Like, because I, 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 I agree with you. We we can find legends who've never managed. We can find managers that aren't legends, and 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 this is this is. I think Xavi needs. The other thing he could do is, you know, and it, you see it happen normally slightly lower down the league. Granted, but let's assume that we get a really good manager who gets binned from another club and is willing to come in as an assistant. Who goes? Do you know what? I'm sick of getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're a good manager in their own right. You know, could could for example, could Kike Setien? I mean, we're unlikely to go back, so forget him. But you know, take yeah, take, know the, take the stature. Let's you know, could someone like Kike Setien, who fundamentally all plays a style of football that all of us want to see, he just doesn't have any credibility to back it up. Correct. He's got no credence. No one believes team. in him. Exactly. Could <laughs> he be the exact oh, coordinator person? That, do you know what? Like as as ridiculous as that might sound, almost someone that can come in with experience that can that can just provide Chavi that little bit of wisdom that isn't his brother, that isn't, and, and I'm not dim, diminishing what Oscar Hernandez does, but someone that's been there that can give that that flair, that attacking thing with the eye of a manager, but isn't a threat to Chavi's job. Another voice that's been a manager, because in my opinion, if you look at if you look at Chavi and his bench, I'm like, well. Clearly, they're all just going to say yes to you. Yeah, of course, of course. That's and that's who's, where, who's you, the other voice. Yeah, of course, and that's the thing. And again, I don't think having an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator is out of the realm. That's that should be a, a coaching evolution that's happening. You know what I'm saying? To me, as a head coach, your main job is to steer the ship, manage the players, manage the lineups, see what's going on, and if you can have someone that you have confidence in that is structuring the offensive attack for you in a way that alleviates that pressure off of you. It's like, to me, it's a no brainer. Like, you know, and especially someone that is going to maybe question some of your decisions, but in a, in a constructive way. Right. And that's, a, that's the thing. I'm not saying that's the complete answer. I just think that's something that should be looked at because, you know, for so long, the head manager has been the head manager, but why not have, you know, an offensive coordinator, like, like, you know, I understand what you mean, not Kiki Sithian, but like a similar type of figure that is mm-hmm. like the guru of offense, right? Like that's how he got his stuff at Betty's, right? Yeah. Like, and, exactly. And, yeah. Be, being a manager understands the pressures, understands in-game management, but just isn't a big enough character to carry that Barcelona sure. job. I sure, think, sure, sure, sure. so I, I think, I think Xavi genuinely has everything that we need to be the Barcelona manager for a decade unless circumstances run him out of town quicker. Like the thing with Laporta, with the all noise, he, you know, he will, he will go with whatever direction the wind is blowing and he will firmly believe that the wind is the right way until it changes. So as much as I think he's his man and he signed a contract and blah, 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 blah. If the fan base on mass turn on Javi, because I think, I think the online perception and the, and the in-stadium perception clearly is very different. So, you know, if it, if it happens, it would be surprised, but it might happen. But I think, yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, this 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 podcast has been what an hour of us not coming to any conclusions, which I think it shows exactly where we are. But that's but that's the like that's the hardest thing when your club is right there in the middle with no specific answers or solutions. Because the thing is, like you you know, we have our own ideas, you know. And I say like, okay, we might mm. do this, but like, I don't think it's gonna always gonna solve everything. You know, a lot of people are saying, can't wait for Frankie de Young comes. Okay, he comes, and what if he doesn't solve it? What if it's yeah, yeah. still the situation? And that's what ner- makes me really nervous because, yeah, we haven't had Pedri. 
and they're coming back from injury and Frankie DeYoung too. But like, what happens if they do and we still can't find our form? Yeah. Then all of a sudden we're running out of answers, you know. And though that's what's going to scare me. I, yeah. I personally believe that Pedri and Frankie DeYoung is going to lift this team even further to have more dynamism and all that stuff. But again, yeah, what yeah. if it doesn't? And that's what scares me, you know. And that's where it's the Arsenal. It, it's the Arsenal conundrum without the ability Correct. to go and spend 140 million on Declan Rice in it. <laughs> exactly exactly and that's that's the thing well we'll conclude there i mean we'll have uh i'm sure a lot of feedback in the whatsapp group about this because again um just reading all the 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 whatsapp messages right now it's just it's it's on fire on both of my groups that i'm in so uh people obviously having their opinions and their takes barcelona's next match is at home against alaves the siesta game when you move here craig you'll you'll understand the siesta game at 4 15 kickoff time so we'll see how that goes craig thanks for joining me as always a pleasure and thanks for listening until next time forza barca sports social podcast network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.